How can I get more meekness into my life? How can I experience more, grow more in, in this wonderful thing that Jesus Christ is calling me to pursue? The first thing to say is, you can't start from here. You cannot simply say, oh, I want to be meek. Tell me how to be meek. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us. And Colin, I just heard you say that Christ is calling us to be meek, but we can't be meek by just saying, tell me how to be meek. So if that's the case, how do we become more meek? How do we grow in that? Well, we start at the beginning of the Beatitudes, which is where we are in the Bible at the moment. And there's order and there's progress Mm. in the Beatitudes. Uh, They begin, blessed are the poor in spirit, then blessed are those who mourn, and then blessed are the meek. So we begin with a knowledge of our own need. We progress by seeing the cost of our own sins. And that's what brings us to a place where we're ready, instead of resisting God, to be submissive towards him, because we see that uh, pushing away from him and going our own way brings us into great trouble that we begin to mourn. So there is order and progress, and that's an important theme here. It's a really important theme, and it's one that, I have to admit, I don't think I had really heard anything about before you preached this series, we tend to think, okay, I want to be forgiving, I want to be pure in heart, some of those um, beatitudes that we hear about a little bit later in this chapter, we actually have to go through this process that you've been describing, including cultivating meekness. Yeah, and what's so very helpful about that is that, uh, you know, here's a person who says, I want to be pure in heart. Well, the real question is, how do I get there? Mm -hmm. And what the Beatitudes give to us is a path of progress in the Christian life. And it's not like there are rigid sections that we've got to spend six months on each of them, but there is a logical progress. There is a way of moving forward. And uh, if a person is not getting to forgiveness or purity of heart, then almost certainly it's that one of the things on the way has been missed out. And uh, that's where I think this teaching of the Lord Jesus has been very powerful in my own life. Well, we're going to see why as we open up our Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 5. So I hope you'll join us there as we begin a message, Cultivating Meekness. Here is Pastor Colin. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And last week, we looked at what meekness is, and we learned that meekness literally means becoming used to the hand. Uh, We thought about a wild horse. If you can picture that horse out in the field, it resists the bit and the bridle. It is bucking. It is kicking. You can't get near it. No one has ever ridden it. But when the horse gets used to the hand, it has a dignity. It has a poise. See it now in your mind with a rider upon it. This horse has become useful. This animal is at peace. Its strength is, is coordinated. It is altogether different, used to the hand. And uh, we thought in this connection about the word submission, which means literally putting yourself under sub the mission of someone else. And we saw that this is what Jesus Christ calls us to, to put ourselves under His mission. Uh, Someone uh, in the congregation after the service said to me uh, last week, you know, uh, Pastor, I have always been a really competitive person. She said, I was competitive in sports. I've been competitive in business. And she said, I I really found this uh, uh, whole idea of submission very difficult, but she said, the picture of the horse has really helped me. She said, and here's why. It struck me 
that it's only when the horse submits to the bit and the bridle that the horse can win the race. Now, think about that. Here's a competitive person, wants to win. How? Wild horses don't win races, do they? Why? They have strength. Yes, but the strength is not coordinated. It's dissipated. It's all lost. Wild horses do not win races. And so, here's this lady. She says, now, I, I've come to see that, that this meekness is what's going to enable me to win. And as a competitive person, that's what I want to do. Wonderful insight. Here's what meekness is. Meekness brings strength under control. That's what it does. And controlled strength is a beautiful thing. It is beautiful. And we saw that this is what meekness is about. It involves the taming of the temper. It involves the calming of the passions. It involves the managing, if you like, of the impulses of your soul. It, it, it involves bringing order out of the chaos that otherwise would exist within every every human soul. And therefore, we saw that meekness is a fountain of blessing, and that when we see what it is, we come to the position of saying, I want to get as much of that as I possibly can into my life, because I see now that the more I gain meekness, the more useful I become, and the more the strength that God gives is going to be deployed in a way that's going to win and is going to count and is going to be for His glory. Now, that's what meekness is, and that's where we spent our time uh, last week. Today, we're taking another step. First, we asked, what is it? What is Christ calling us to? Today, we're asking, how can I get it? How can I get more meekness into my life? How can I experience more, grow more in, in this wonderful thing that Jesus Christ is calling me to pursue? And so, uh, really, all of today's message is really application in regards to uh, what we began to learn last time. Now, as we ask the how question, the first thing to say is, you can't start from here. You cannot simply say, oh, I want to be meek. Tell me how to be meek. You cannot start from here. Remember, this is the whole point of our series on the Beatitudes, that there is order, there is progression, there is progress within these Beatitudes. We have pictured the Beatitudes as being like a series of rings in which if you picture the monkey swing, you move from one to the next. Uh, the momentum that you have on the first moves you on to the second. The momentum you have on the second is what moves you on to the third. Now, meekness is the third ring. You can't simply start on the third ring. You've got to get to it by means of the first two. That's the whole principle of this series. And we can't get to the beautiful, beautiful gifts that lie further down the line, like purity of heart and forgiveness, mercy towards others. We're never going to get that far until we're swinging on this third ring of, of meekness. There's progress. There's, there's order. There's momentum. There's movement. So, the only place you can start, you can't simply say, oh, I want to be meek. You've got to start here on the first ring. What is the first ring? Well, it's there in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The starting point is that I recognize, having done my best at living the Christian life uh, this week, I am still in this position where I do not have in myself what it takes before God. And this is a place to which all of us can come. The law of God always brings us there, recognizing our own poverty before God. The law will bring you to be poor in spirit if you take it seriously, and Jesus Christ meets you there. That's where all of the flow and all of the momentum of the Christian life really begins. And swinging on that first string will take you to the second. What is, is the second? Blessed are those who mourn, verse 4. You realize your own need. You see your own position before God. And what does that bring you to? It brings you to a genuine sorrow over your own sins. 
You begin to count up the cost. What has this way of speaking done in damage to others and damage to me? And, and what did it mean for Christ to bear it on the cross? What has this way of thinking had by way of impact? What has this action done? And you aggregate up the cost in terms of what it has done to yourself and to others, and then what it meant for Christ to bear it. And suddenly, what glittered in that, what attracted you to that, now begins to fade, and you begin to hate what you used to love, and, and then to love what you used to hate. And you're experiencing spiritual mourning, what the Bible calls repentance. And you're swinging on the second ring. And where will that second ring bring you? It will bring you here to the third ring, which is meekness. Now, you think about how this works very practically. Last week, we pictured a self-opinionated and overbearing man. Is there anyone who doesn't know someone like that, by the way? That guy may be in your work. He may be in your extended family. You know that guy. Always pushing around his own weight, always absolutely sure that he's right and that nobody else has anything useful very much to offer. He's short-tempered. He's always insisting on his own way. When a meeting takes place, there's really no point because you know what's going to happen. At the end of it, it's going to be what he says and what he thinks that gets done anyway. Now, picture that man. Suppose he were truly to see his own spiritual poverty before God. Suppose that that man were to recognize that before God, he stands empty-handed. Suppose the law of God were to bring him there. Suppose he were to see that his own sins and his own follies are in fact many. Suppose he were to learn the art of spiritual mourning. What would come of that? I'll tell you what would come of that. Meekness would follow. Getting on the first ring would get him on the second. Getting on the second ring would get him on the third, and so forth and so on. The principle here is a very simple one, folks. When I see my own sins, I am kinder and gentler towards the sins and failings of others. And the more that I see my own sins and failings, and the clearer that that is, the kinder and the gentler I will become towards others. That's how meekness grows. You can't simply start on the third ring. You get to it by means of the first two. So, you see how this follows. The man who sees how many times he has been mistaken in the past will not be a man who insists always on his own way. He'll set out his own opinion, but then he'll be very careful to listen to the opinions of others because he knows he has often been wrong in the past, and therefore he's in need of the wisdom that God may give to others. The woman who knows that she has often fallen into temptation herself will have sympathy towards the failings of others. She's not going to be high-handed and self-righteous and condescending towards the failures of others. Why? Because she, she knows spiritual mourning in her own life. She's aware of her own failings and shortcomings, and that is producing meekness in her character, and it does it by cutting the root of self-righteousness. This is a wonderful thing. This is beautiful, and this is how Christian character grows. The man who sees that he depends on God's grace and it's really clear to him, will not be a man who spends most of his time insisting on his rights. Let me personalize that for you. By right, I would be lost and condemned forever, and so would you. But God has shown to me grace and mercy in Jesus Christ, 
And, and when you experience grace, it makes you more generous in your judgments towards others. It, it leads you to think the best rather than the worst of them and causes you to be more lenient towards them. It's wonderful. This is how meekness grows, and this is what we're after in our lives because it will make us useful. It's the only way to win the race. We're going to pause right here for just a moment. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Cultivating Meekness, part of our series, Momentum. It's all about how to make progress in the Christian life. And in addition to listening to this program on the radio, you could also read about this in Pastor Cullen's book called Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. And this book is our thank you gift to you as you support the ministry financially this month. Being listener supported, we do depend on your generosity to keep Pastor Cullen's teaching on this station. But for your support, we want to say thank you by sending you Pastor Cullen's book, Momentum. Find out more or give online at openthebible.org. That's openthebible.org. Dot org. Back to the message. Here is Pastor Colin. So this series is all about how you make progress in your Christian life. How do I grow as a Christian? And we're seeing that meekness is the result of the momentum of repentance within your life. If there is not a spirit of repentance within your life at this point, there will not be evidence of meekness to follow. But inasmuch as repentance is a real dynamic throughout the course of your Christian life, you will find that meekness is what flows out of that. The second ring gets you on the third. Now, getting on this third ring is of huge importance because meekness is not only a distinctive of Christian character, it is also in the Bible a defining mark of Christian ministry, a defining mark of Christian ministry. Meekness is peppered across the New Testament, especially in relation to the work of ministry. The word that Jesus uses in Matthew 5, 5 here for meekness is sometimes translated by the word gentleness in other places of the New Testament. But let me give you just three examples of where the same word that Jesus uses for meekness is used in regards to ministry in the Scriptures. First, we are to show meekness in relation to all teaching in the life of the church. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24, this is Paul the Apostle speaking to a pastor, Timothy. And he says this, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone. He must be able to teach, he must patiently endure evil, and he must correct his opponents with meekness. In other words, the ministry of the Word that guides us is to be given from a Christian pulpit with the character of meekness. The teaching that goes on in a Sunday school class, it's to be characterized not by a thumping authoritarianism, but with a humble spirit. That's how Christian teaching is to be. That is how ministry is to be done. The Bible says so. Not only in relation to teaching, this is to define the character of our witnessing. Many of you will know 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. We're told, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is within you. I love this, by the way that Peter envisions that Christians will live with such a lively hope in the fallen world that unbelieving people would say, in the light of the state that everything's in, why have you got so much hope? 
Has anyone asked you that in the last month? You see, Peter's saying, live in such a way that you have so much hope that it would provoke a question. And then when it does, here's what you're to do. You're to explain the faith, and here's how. You are to do it with gentleness. The word is meekness and with respect. There is to be no bombastic, condescending Christian witness. We are to bear witness to Christ in the spirit of meekness, of humility, as those who know how much we hang on the grace of God so that there would not be a trace of holier than thou when we speak even to those who hate and rebel against God. And then even this is to characterize confrontation. There are times in life where confrontation is necessary and where it is unavoidable. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1 speaks of of that. The situation that Paul describes is someone within the church is caught in a sin. Literally, the word is trapped, ensnared in a transgression. And when that happens, what should the church do? Well, uh, certainly not turn its back or turn a blind eye. What Paul says is this, you who are spiritual, that is spiritually mature people, should restore that person who has been caught up in a sin, and they should do it how? In a spirit of meekness. Why meekness? Because those who are seeking to restore this errant brother or sister know that the same stuff that has caused that person to fall into sin lives within their own soul and could easily lead them into the same thing or something else or even worse. So, meekness, the characteristic of the preaching of God's Word, the teaching in every environment in which the Word is taught, the characteristic of Christian witness in all these conversations that we're able to engage in for the sake of the gospel, the character even of these hardest moments where we have to confront, and yet we do it in a spirit of humility and of gentleness and and of knowing our own vulnerability, meekness. So, you see, this is of huge importance, not only in terms of Christian character, but in terms of Christian ministry. It goes everywhere. And we're asking the question today, how can I grow in meekness? How can I get as much of this power under control in my life, this beautiful, beautiful thing to which Christ calls us? Now, hold your breath. I want to give to you today 10 strategies for cultivating meekness. And I got my watch, and we're just fine. And what I want you to do is to gather at least a fistful that you'll say, I'm going to do that. I need to act on that one. And I see that that speaks right into my life. These are all very practical. It's all application, folks, and it's all straight out of the Bible. Ten strategies for cultivating meekness. Number one, moderate your expectations of others. I'm thinking here of Psalm 103 and verse 14, one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. God knows our frame, and He remembers that we are dust. Don't you love that verse? And aren't you thankful for it? If God remembers the frailty that is mine, I also ought to be mindful of the frailty of others. Moderate your expectations. There have been some excellent books that have been produced in the last two years on the subject of marriage, but I think the one that has, for me at least, the best title— Think of this title for a book on marriage. It's called 
What did you expect? Isn't that a great title for a book on marriage? What did you expect? I mean, think of what this is. Two sinners in the process of redemption and recovery, and they commit to share their whole lives together. What do you expect? Of course there's going to be challenges. Now, think of this. God remembers that your spouse is dust. So you should remember that too. And it will moderate your expectations. It will help you to grow in meekness. This is it's true not only in, in marriage, it's also true in the church. You know, it is especially easy for leaders, scores of leaders in this congregation, it is especially easy for leaders and for pastors to forget this, that we are dust, and to assume that all Christians will be deeply committed, ready for sacrifice, engaged in the mission of the church, walking by faith and living in full obedience to Jesus Christ. And when we find that that is not the case, and that there is actually a great deal of self-interest in and among the people of God, it is candidly easy to become disappointed and frustrated. So, I need to remember, and every leader needs to remember, that every Christian is a sinner in the process of redemption and recovery, just as I am. And if I apply the doctrine of sin correctly, what it will do is this. I will moderate my expectation of others. And what that means is that I will grow in meekness. That's how it works. So, Matthew Henry says this very helpfully, the consideration of the common infirmity and corruption of mankind should be made use of not to excuse our own faults, but to excuse the faults of others. You see how if you do that, you're going to grow in meekness? Moderate your expectations of others. Well, unfortunately, we do have to pause right here, but on our next broadcast, we're going to continue to look at those 10 strategies for cultivating meekness. So I hope you make it a point to tune in. If you ever miss a broadcast, you can always listen online, come to our website, openthebible.org, and you can stream the program or download an MP3 for free. You can also listen if you have the Open the Bible app, which you'll find at your app store. Simply look for Open the Bible, or we'll link you to it through the website. Again, that's openthebible.org. Well, Open the Bible is listener-supported. We're able to be on this station and bring you Pastor Cullen's teaching each day because of your generosity. But as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to say thank you by sending you a copy of Pastor Cullen's book called Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. And Colin, you used an analogy to describe the Beatitudes. Tell us about that. Oh, well, if you picture a series of seven rings being suspended from a ceiling and imagine a person swinging on the first ring and then reaching the second and then swinging on the second ring to reach the third. I found that to be a very helpful analogy for the Beatitudes because the Beatitudes tell us not only what it means to be blessed, it tells us how we can pursue the blessing of God. So, for example, one of the Beatitudes tells us that the pure in heart are blessed. Mm -hmm. Well, you read that, blessed are the pure in heart, and you say, how do I get there? And the answer is, in order to get to the sixth beatitude, you've got to swing on the ring of the first and get to the second, to the third, and to the fourth, and that will take you there. So, you see, this really answers the most important of questions. How do I grow in the Christian life? And it all begins with grasping hold of the first ring, which is within everybody's reach, because Jesus starts by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, you begin 
when you know that you're in the place of not having what it takes and needing to receive from Christ himself what only he can give. Well, we would love to send you a copy of this book. Again, it is called Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. And it is our thank you gift as you give a gift of financial support this month. You can give online by coming to our website, openthebible.org, or call us at 1-877-OPEN-365. Again, the website is openthebible.org, and our phone number is 1-877-673-6365. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. This program is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, but how do you get more meekness in your life? We've got 10 strategies to help you cultivate meekness next time on Open the Bible.